Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Aeromotive is the leading manufacturer of aftermarket high-performance fuel systems. The company's products are the fuel system components of choice for Formula Drift drivers Matt Field and Dayo Shahara. Aeromotive's fuel system customization shop is fully equipped to help you get your project car up and running. With fuel systems capable of supporting more than 3,000 horsepower, there's sure to be a solution for you. Visit aeromotiveinc.com and use Pro-Am to get 10% off your entire order. I actually got to talk to Brett over in their tech department, and after going over everything with the car, uh, we'll, you know, like what the car will be doing, what my horsepower goals are, I found out that the system I was looking at completely wrong uh brett really helped me we were on the phone for like an hour went over everything that this car is going to have uh done to it and stuff like that so he ended up switching out the a1000 pump for the brushless um 10 gallon per minute pump and the reason he did that is because since these cars at least mine you know during comp we do sit in the staging area a little bit uh, just chilling with the cars idling sometimes, just depending on what we're doing. And um, so what it does is the brushless unit actually has a um, variable speed controller in it. So it basically takes a signal wire from my TPS um, all the way to the pump. And basically what it does is it just allows it to kind of slow the pump down a little bit. This way it's not at, you know, a solid 12 volts the whole time like it would be if it's at full throttle so it doesn't need to produce that much flow um so it has it built in internally so we went that route and then obviously the brushless stuff which works a little bit better it's like well it still works it's kind of like doing getting a brushless drill as opposed to just the ones with the brushes in it um i do i use this at work that's the only other thing i can think of uh but yeah so but they're building that for me as we speak i'm sending them back the uh the a1000 since we're going this route and should be good to go i think the only thing i got left on this is to turn the e85 on the flex fuel sensor and kind of get ready for that um but moving on this week's guest is ed kozan of kenda tires who runs a drifting program over there um ed and i have been having these conversations via instagram for a while and i wanted to bring him back on to have this in a very necessary long form conversation style. Uh, we go over a lot and it's it's definitely worth listening to. I do want to apologize ahead of time for the audio. Again, it's I'm still on this old laptop and, and it's causing me problems. Um, this is going to be the last episode until I figure out a better recording situation. And now that I have a bit more time with the car being done, I can focus on um, taking the time to get my other computer ready and getting it all sorted, figured out, and uh, which I'm probably going to be working on this week for sure. So if I do something next week, we'll be all golden. Um, again, I do apologize. Anyways, thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, boss? How are you good. doing? Uh, life is good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, just a heads up. So I wasn't able to get my other PC. Basically what it's doing, um, like, 
for everyone listening right now because I already started recording. Um, basically, what's happening is like I'll go to record on that computer and it sounds crystal clear. Hit playback. It sounds like there's a demon in the room. It's Ooh. so distorted. I just I can't. I don't know what happened. It worked probably twice, and then I downloaded another program. I don't know which one. Uh, and ever since then, it's kind of been a shit show. But I have the backup computer. The only problem is, is like the uh, the audio itself kind of it jumps around. So, like I there's some there's an audio engineer that actually listens to the show, and he's like, dude, you're your audio is all over the place. I was like, I noticed very recently wow. that it was. It's unfortunate, but basically, like, you'll be talking and then loud. So I'll lower the volume, and then out of nowhere, it'll by itself. And then uh, I'll start to raise it again, and it just kind of... I try to stay on top of it as much as possible, but at this point, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, technology is awesome as long as it works, and when it doesn't, it has a it, propensity it, to just crap in the most dynamic way possible. So yeah, I know it's very, very fitting for 2020. In fact, oh, it, it very much is. Um, <laughs> anyways, boss, how's everything, man? How's, how's how's good? I hope we're good. It's been uh, it's it's been a really, uh, really obviously really intriguing year on many different levels for many different people for our nation as a whole. Uh, but you know, it's hard to believe that we're actually sitting here in what this is what the second second week in November. I mean, there's six weeks roughly left until the end of the year. Seven. I mean, it's this is this is crazy to think we've made it this far in 2020. But no, it's uh, it's been interesting. I mean, work wise is is even though uh, you know COVID shut a lot of things down, sidelined a lot of our events, specifically drifting, a lot of our uh, automotive light. Um, I've, I've been busy. I mean, you know, sales, I think I mentioned before, is kind of the main uh, main course of my duties uh, with, with Kenda. So, yeah, the, I mean, we've sales wise, uh, not just drift our automotive list taking off like why we're up almost 200 percent year over year. I mean, 2020 has been huge, especially for for our dealer base um, demand on the KR20A from the drift. We, talked about it i mean it just you know i was kind of curious to see that i think that was what the beginning of this year do you remember when when did we do this it was in the beginning of the year and yeah. hang on i'll get you a date i was looking back at it and it wasn't too long ago uh it was definitely before the shutdown tell room when we did this last time um you know it's kind of like okay you know the year's gonna start but it's yeah. uh you know it, it, it's kept it's it's kept me super busy um you know and the drifting stuff i think i made the comment on instagram uh, a couple weeks ago that you know sales is supposed to be 80 percent of my duties uh but really and you know in 20 and the drifting piece is 20 percent. but the reality is you know there's so many moving parts to the drifting component uh in the social media aspect of all of that and just everything that goes on behind the scenes it's it's really kind of reverse drifting actually takes up about 80 percent of sales stuff kind of runs itself it's been crazy man yeah i hear you give me one second <laughs> boss I okay. need to throw the dogs inside and lock them in so they don't start barking up the whole time. Sorry about that. I was so focused on trying to um, get this computer to work that uh, I forgot <laughs> that I left them out. And then I heard her barking okay. right now. Um, so, couple things. I I got some topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, okay. I wrote them down. And if there's something else that you want to add, we'll get to them. Uh, not really doing the whole questionnaire thing anymore, but just kind of want to discuss some topics. Topics rather. Okay. Um, 
some of the things I'll, that, I'll, I'll let you, yeah i'll let you lead i'll, I'll follow man that's, that's some of the things that you and i've actually um i'll just go over them i wrote down five of them topics that i wanted to talk about i'm sure i'll think of more or at least i hope i do throughout the show um instagram posting mm -hmm. the short conversation we had the other day about it um difference in contingency uh, I don't know, maybe other sponsorships. I can't really think of a word right now, which is very okay. poor on my part. Uh, I wrote, hang on. You know what? I wrote it down twice. So it is, I guess, more of a formal thing. Okay. And then uh, too many sponsors. Remember that conversation? Yes. 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 That uh, was a good one. And then uh, definitely want to talk about the mini book, and I definitely want to get into the driver image that you okay Today, this morning that's a brand new brand new yes. side project so yeah no jump into it so I mean, uh, that that's a good that's a great outline i love where you're at okay so my friends do it all the time um and, and i know it's it's kind of different and just again this is just my perspective i get that and something i noticed about people just tagging every single one of their sponsors in every post they're even tagging people that aren't uh, whatever reason with you know you're copy pasting um, yes. And just kind of going into that, I don't see how that's beneficial for any single one of those companies, um, that's tagged in that particular post like that. You know, it's, I, I think I see it as like, it's one thing for you, but, um, when you go racing for the weekend, like heading out for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for everybody involved. But sure. every single post. Yeah, and and that's a great point. I mean, the, you know, the conversation that we had, uh, trying to uh, recall a little bit of it. I mean, my my DMs are hundreds over a week. Um, it's, but you know, I mean, the the, the conversation is very along the lines of what you just said. Not not so much too many sponsors, but the, the quality of the postings. And you know, again, this is just my own personal person. People that will tag um you know in, in every post there's usually a you know sentence a paragraph uh you know clever lyrics whatever it is literally the same you'll see let's just throw let's just use the you know uh winch and breaks you know the same you know there's at the end of the day you know i mean there there's three four suspension manufacturers that are out there that support the community in a big way there's mm -hmm. three or four ecu manufacturers there's three or four tire companies and you know same audience here so it's interesting to me that when you are in fact tagging and i guess from a sponsor perspective if i from from some of our partners i should say i don't you know i um you know part of the say this for for us personally for for what we do with kenda i mean you know, go into all the specifics but uh, generally speaking um you know that the, there's an expectation i i would uh sponsor drivers in in some fashion to have um to have a certain amount of social media postings and you know whatever that different sponsors might have different expectations some might not outline that other than to say hey shout us out and i think that's a lot of what you see so if you're looking at seeing sponsors and it's always the same copy paste you know this is done on some kind of a text editor program yeah. or document something and it's just boom and i think to the to the viewer i think where your point where your question is headed is you know does that really have on the investment of just seeing your name out there it's like yeah you can use the metric of how many times that driver used your hashtag how many times they tagged you in a post but having uh, a dedicated post that is hey you know i'm really glad kenda you know, to be on kenda tires here's a picture here's a little video 
of me versus uh, the word you're looking for. Uh, it'd be a very diluted breath in that. And then, you know, I mean, maybe there's a time and a place for a pro-level driver that has that, you know, huge audience. Maybe there's some, you know, there's a time and a place, but I think... As, I, like, I'm kind of an observer. For the most part, I'm, I'm very observant of, like, you know, we... For the if not most of the drivers on and uh with that like you can see which drivers are doing which you see kind of like maybe the newer drivers i guess maybe not not the von gittin juniors or the you know the ryan turk so to speak mm-hmm. who were sure. all of their sponsors in a post uh junior like he has a post for cane and filters you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's a designated post and that's why i was getting yes. into that and it's more of like a uh, dedicated post, you know, to give a quality post to just making quantity posts. Like yes, you said earlier, well said. just having um, all those uh, all those tags out there from this uh, said individual. Yeah, I'm actually looking at, at Vaughn Roden here in, in his last uh, dozen or so posts that I'm going down. But that's exactly it. I mean, you, you know, he, he, where he's told how that got started or why, I guess there's a certain amount of to go. But I think people that see that, it's like, okay, this guy has, you know, 10 different companies. And, you know, people are looking at the first paragraph anyway. I think there's a lot more value to seeing a specific post of, hey, look, here's how, um, you know, here's how BC Racing has really helped me this year. Or here's how cool this BC thing is. Or here's how... Uh, you know, here's how Link ECU has helped me this year, or you know, and something that highlights the product, highlights it on your car, something that's interesting, is going to have a lot more value to seeing three or four specific brand posts than seeing, in my mind, every every post that you do tags. Yeah, and it's almost like it's a uh, it's it's someone's interpretation of this, and somebody, and for some reason, the masses have like ran with it. Yeah, like it's stuck. Yeah, and it's. And I don't think I don't think it was ever meant to do. Uh, so it could just because because we got to think about it like this. So you know, granted, this isn't F one, this isn't NASCAR, but it's very well on the way to be. Obviously, we're not an FD podcast. This is more to get into it, but you know, this is the road to get there. So, um, but it's. It's like all of these guys, like the the NASCAR guys, they're not tagging twenty people that are on their car. No, not they at don't all. even tag a single. No. I think they might tag a single sponsor occasionally, just for. I mean, like I saw, like um, like Chase Elliott. Well, this is a good example. Like Chase Elliott just won the NASCAR Cup championship, right? And I saw, um, you know, I'm I live in Indianapolis. I'm an IndyCar guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Rossi, Indiana, in, you know, Indy. Uh, Napa sponsor. I saw on Alexander Rossi's Instagram that he of the year where they were both, you know, and they both have a some kind of uh, Napa insignia on theirs. And I think, if I recall, I, Alexander Rossi's comment was know how, and that was it. And basically, which kind of tags off of. Um, so, it's, it's very dad joke esque. <laughs> uh, you know, but but, but and I think it's important though because he didn't even specifically tag Napa in that. But you know, it, it's playing off of both of their sponsors. Uh, trademark their their tagline whatever you want to call that they're playing off of that they are doing a very subtle brand impression and then it also kind of bonds them together as a driver I mean they don't really I don't know think you just you know you, you're doing some paths but it, it's it, it was so subtle but you know again the effect is there the brand impressions there and they got the job done and you know, I don't know but it's you know it, it it says a lot because 
in, in this realm and especially at this kind of more intermediate grassroots program level that, that we're talking about, uh, you know, we see the opposite of that a lot. And it, it, I think there's more value to doing what the pro guys are doing. And I think, you know, it's not that you have to copy out of their playbook, but, you know, uh, learn by that. Yeah. And that's where I was at with it, too. That's why I was. Um, Very aligned. And another one, I think, moving on to our next topic, since we kind of, we definitely covered that. <laughs> because it kind of leads into it is, is too many sponsors. So with the same thing rolling off the Instagram post, you're tagging. 13 20 25 sponsors because you got like 10 percent off of somebody like and no one's getting all their free stuff i already know it think you somebody can tell you whatever they want but not are is a full ride um safe assumption for sure yeah uh which it is an assumption for sure yeah um yeah but it's just like where where do you see the the value in that because again to go back to NASCAR and the big leagues, like no one's rocking 25 different stickers on their car. And like, I've read other books like sponsorship books and stuff like that. They're like too many sponsors. Isn't now you're just in there in a class of other people's stickers instead of um, for you being on that car. From the sponsor. Good question. I, I, I have to wonder that myself a lot because, you know, doing doing what I do, I do get a lot of proposals, do get a lot of sponsorship requests just through the year. I mean, just even a lot of that comes in the very lazy form of people sending me a DM asking uh, all the way up to, you know, some really good and polished looking proposals. And then 90% of that is in the middle between those two extremes. Um, and, and I think from a sponsor perspective, you know, from having read you know, sponsor books uh, as well, probably a lot of the same ones that, um, you know, from how I looked at that, you know, you, you see the comment that you should know what the, the value of your of your real estate is and what the value of your program is and what you can bring. Looking at that, I think a lot of people just go into it thinking, you know, and I think in some cases, I mean, you, you have to think that the value of your own real estate might in fact be, uh, you know, a, a free this or a free that or a, a discount. I mean, a lot of guys are like, hey, I'm just, you know, Look, I'm I'm in grassroots. I'm I'm in pro am. I'm I'm just competing at a very low level offer. Yeah. Um, you know, at a big level, I'm just looking for you know some kind of help to help offset that, and in return, I will you know rep your brand. Um, you know, to very and you know I appreciate that honesty because you know that's a lot of times you know this that helps to fill a, a, a advertising gap of of sorts to to sponsors. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of sponsors that do that then, you know, you're looking at, oh, I give this guy, you know, a percentage off of parts and outside of tires, most things are just, you know, you need one of them or you might need a couple through a season. You don't need, uh, you know, how many, how many ECUs are you, are, are you going to go through, right? Yeah. So um, tires are a whole different animal. But um, I, I think, yeah, the, the, there's there's a lot of people that don't have an understanding of, you know, what's what is the value of on my car you know and i've looked at i've seen professional proposals coming in um in former lives from you know from open wheel race programs mm -hmm. i've seen um based programs i've seen uh, looked at all these you know and there is a certain uh you know there's a certain ask i mean so every, when you look at nascar or indycar i mean they, they're gonna like that sticker where you see it right there has a dollar value associated to it um in this realm i think you see a lot of where these these throwing stickers on their car um you know and, and it's very 
kind of haphazard and in it but and I, i've watched a couple of people over the season but start advertising additional sponsors and like now the car like there i won't single out anybody driver that i've looked at working like hey i would like to work with that guy i'd like his social i like what he, he's on our product already i think he would be a really good fit and i'm kind of saying are like okay next year for 2021 put it together and i see like this is this will be a great on the car here and he added somebody else, and, and it just totally, like, destroyed, and kind of almost haphazardly placed, kind of in my mind, destroyed, like, that's not at all where I see that being a fit. So yeah. it's not to say I, I quit that guy, but from a sponsor perspective, it deflates that a little bit. But I think, you know, the, like, you know, you don't know the, um, you know, you don't know the worth of what you're asking for, other than I want a discount. And I think that's a wrong approach. Uh, and that's where stuff gets sideways because then what happens is you have uh, a sponsor on your car because they're giving you, t- you know, 25% off of something and you like, I'll throw a really big sticker on it or I'll put a sticker right here and, you know, there's your thank you. And then you have the opportunity to bring on a bigger sponsor who's willing to throw out maybe a larger discount or a larger overall value. Um, and then, you know, it's like, well, shoot, the car is gone. So now I'll have to put it. Uh, here, you know, and it, it just looks it looks very amateurish almost. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no there's no thought given to that a lot of times. And then I I can see that with like a lot of drivers, like with like uh, we'll we'll call it we'll call them drivers with clout. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of have that online presence and stuff like that, you know. And then what about the driver who doesn't? So does a does a better proposal get you a better result? even with like low finishing results and low online presence does um preparedness in that sort of aspect or we'll call it professionalism um uh-huh. for being for having that together you know knowing how to approach a sponsor correctly as opposed to some dude who's just who's got the clout out there um and doesn't necessarily go about it in a professional manner or at least not as professional Maybe he just doesn't know. He or she just doesn't know uh, how to carry themselves with that, or to carry themselves well enough as somebody else who has more of like a business background, so to speak. Yeah, you know that that's a that's a great comment. Um, you know, I I had a very good conversation with uh, with with somebody that um, is in their let's just say that they're on their way in in their pro am slash pro two career um, and. I got approached by this gentleman who wanted to have a, uh, you know, he's like, hey, with you, can I, you know, can we arrange time for a call? I'd like to, you know, kind of in- just introduce myself that, you know, admittedly that doesn't actually happen a lot. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, in the course of my day, let's, let's do this where he's at. And his explanation was, and you can kind of tell like, this is not the usual interaction that I have with this kind of a driver. And, you know, he, and he explained, he's like, well, you know, I, I actually come from a business background and, and here's why. And I mean, that was kind of his total approach to in business. I mean, again, you know, sales is kind of my general day to day. So, you know, yeah. that, there is a lot of it. There's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of meeting planning, um, put it on your calendar and outlook. It's very, you know, you, if you want to treat it like a business relationship, it needs to be that business aspect. And, you know, then those conversations kind of come where, you know, look, I'm, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, for a tremendous amount i don't think i'm at that big you know full season aspect but you know so yeah the, the business mindset definitely matters uh, i think a lot of people don't have it i don't necessarily expect a lot of people to but i mean it's it, it is the one thing from you know if, you, if you're 
even even for a smaller guy, you know, like you drivers, I mean, I've talked to many cloud drivers at, um, but again, you know, I think from a sponsor perspective, you know, if if you're in a business, you know, a business owner is probably, or marketing people might be looking at that a little differently at this, you know, where the, the guy who isn't necessarily as clouded, but can come off a little bit more pink, well, where is this way, is that going to carry his himself through the season? Yeah. And how is his social media going to be a little more polished? And, you know, then, then, then the ROI becomes a little bit, you know, the return on a potential investment like that becomes maybe a little greater to look at a lower guy who has, you know, who, who maybe can represent the brand a little better. And you just, I don't know if I'm necessarily answering that question right, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's more of an attention getter because you don't hear it or see it as often. There's no wrong answers here. This is a podcast, right. so it's just two dudes having a conversation. <laughs> and if we're wrong... It's like listening to somebody else have a conversation next to you at Disneyland, and they're completely... That's how it works on podcasts, (laughs) I found out. So we're good. Um, Very well said. Yeah. uh, You actually taught me that with the whole calendar invites thing. Like, I do that now. Like, with every guest, pretty much. You're you're welcome. Yeah, see? And and I've always done it, like, at work, (laughs) but I never thought to bring it into podcast setting. But now it's like, oh, here's your invite. This is the time we're going to record. This is the time. This is the day. And it's like... they. And obviously, well, if they got to reschedule, they got to reschedule. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, is like, you know, life gets in the way, right? Oh, so if we're doing this sure. after hours, yeah, I mean, and so we're doing this after hours. So, you know, after five o'clock, you know, it's like my, ca- I live on calendar time, Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the work schedule, because you have to figure, you know, especially with 2020, you know, it's more conference calls than I've ever dealt with in my life. Uh, you have to think after options, you know, kind of start taking over, then it's like, man, it, it's really easy for, you know, six o'clock eight o'clock nine o'clock at night to get away versus structure during the business day when you're already thinking okay well i'm going to do this podcast call as you know more of or i'm just going to you know take a late lunch to deal with you know whatever errand i have to run something like that you can block it out easier at work it's very smart i think it's it's a it's a just a good professional approach all the time you know it, it's it's easy to get sideways and again you know we're we're just two dudes having a conversation, but yes. it helps, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking like, hey, I got to get on that podcast with him tonight. Yeah, exactly. Not going to miss it. <laughs> um, so you announced recently the um, the open application from, I think you said it was October, beginning of October to the end of November? Uh, yeah, October, December, like November 30th. I I think the posting was just December 1st is kind of the cutoff date. But yeah, Yeah. like a 60 60 day window that we've got openings coming in. Yes. And um, I have to detail on the post about it. But if you wanted to like reiterate that here on what yeah actually entails. um, Obviously, we know the dates of when you can apply. That's when it's open. And then different type of sponsorships that are offered which is kind of what i was getting to when i made that question earlier about difference in contingency i was i don't know why i thought that but for some reason that's what i did um but just the different packages offered and how you know yeah go ahead yeah kind of of like where where uh where where my head is at for the for the next year yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i I can you know i can you want me to kind of recap the Kind of the overview of, of, of the posting. Yes. Anybody in suit? For sure. So, so here's kind of where oh, I just broke my chair. So here's kind of where we're uh, here's where we're thinking uh, for this. What I've been doing with everything that's coming in, and, and there's been a lot of them, uh, is that 
I think kind of in Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> basically flag is flag is spam. Yeah, exactly. trash. Don't worry about it. What I what I've done is when when they come in, uh, we have a special email address that's been set up for them. Um, email actually goes to myself and uh, and thing that we're looking at that. Everything that comes in in real time comes mm. in gets and, and it, so it comes into my email box along with all the other business and sales emails that I get. Uh, what I'm doing is I just have a separate folder in that highlighted for 2021. I might briefly look at it if it comes in on my phone. I might just kind of scroll through you know, some hide back to a couple people. Hey, you forgot this or this isn't on there or something like that. Um, but most people, you know, aren't nobody's getting a response right now. First uh, between December and probably January one. Uh, you know, I'm going to go through, take a look at all the proposals, kind of triage them into these buckets I'll talk about here in a second. Um, if there is a fit or if there's, you know, there's, there's that discard pile to an extent as well. Um, but basically, if there, where there's a fit, we're going to kind of where I'm thinking for this person for this bucket. Yeah. And then we'll have that conversation with our marketing team and kind of figure out that. Uh, number two, it's very budget dependent uh, because you know we're still going through budgeting. Our marketing director is uh, pitching that to um, our CEO, who's based out of Taiwan, um, and looking at that as you know, here's part of our our USA budget for overall marketing, and that entails everything from um, advertising for our tire dealers, for our associate dealer programs, um, you know, for any sports marketing that we're doing, marketing, social media. All of us, and basically the drifting thing is is part of the motorsports part of that motorsports budget is our light truck off road racing, uh, and they get a lot more money than I do because we sell a lot more truck tires than, than we do drift tires to everybody's surprise. So, um, you know, so I'm going to look at those buckets, and basically the way I'm kind of you know I'm sorry I should back up. I guess what we'll say is uh, another more pressing. We're in the process of changing vendors for. Um, for a back-end platform that we use for our associate dealers and date of January 1. And so our marketing director, he's been actually uh, pressed into doing that as kind of his full-time effort because of the t we have a uh, little over 60 days to do something that usually takes about four to five months. So he's going full court press on that. I think it might, I could see this, you know, discussion could even roll, really roll into after January knowing that, but I'll just say we're going to, at least I will be spending December, uh, kind of going through everybody's proposals and kind of seeing where things are at, have some follow-up conversations, etc. Um, so I guess that, you know, kind of where I structure the program for Kendo, where I'd like to do this, and again, very budget dependent, because I still don't have, I know what I asked for dollar-wise, yeah. um, which was not unreasonable. Um, I, I, I put in uh, five different ways, and the one thing I could do in 2020, I have Kenda um, as a as a vendor as an exhibitor of events up in the community uh, specifically like I had planned for 2020 was we wanted, wanted to be at um, Hyperfest in Virginia uh, with US Drift we wanted to work at, I had us down for at least grid life appearances that we'd have our motorsport trail of a, uh, more of a visible presence there um, so I think for 2021 it's going to be Hyperfest two grid lives i don't know which one of those that's or, you know that's going to shake out as just yet and again none of the land uh, also ls september but with the change in covid dates uh, we had to reschedule our light truck boot camp and we we're i was out in las vegas for an off-road academy experience for our dealers so 
um, those four, uh, probably two Gridlife, Hyperfest, and LSFest would be where I see Kenda having more of our display presence there uh, for next year. So what that's about, one bucket. What about West? Uh, it depends. Um, Come on. It depends. It, <laughs> I'd like to, but you know we're more in the Midwest based. No, we're a Midwest based company, and yeah, it, it's it's closer. I mean, like what four hour, three and a half hours away from me, and I'm, I love going out to the West, but it, it's uh, it's also calendar dependent. So I mean, I won't say no, but it just depends on those intersect with the other events, and we're trying to get a good calendar flow. But you know, none of these people have really announced. You know what 2021 plans are going to be like anyway so uh final three rounds because they canceled all three they only did the first round Ouch. yeah Ouch. they haven't even announced the re- she, but uh rathena said she was committed to doing a four-round season and that she would announce okay. it as soon as she knew so we'll see well you know six weeks left in the year right so. no she did say carry on into 2020 like the uh vegas 2 pro, pro 2 shootout they, oh, okay. they moved it to January 9th, and now, like, I just finished the car. I finally drove it for the first time on Saturday. I uh, saw it, yes. And then it's like, okay, well, my seat expires this year, nine days <laughs> before the damn oh, um, event. So he already gave me a pass because, in his right. words, in his words were, well, if you get your license, you're going to need a new seat for Pro 2 anyways. And I was like, oh, okay. Because Pro wow. 2 starts in February, and it doesn't. It starts in, like, May. I could, I could swing a seat by that time. Just holidays are coming up, you know. I got a family. So it's yeah. just like, Jesus. Um, so I'm probably going to end up just asking them if they'll allow it to to give me a credit for the 2021 shootout. If there is going to be one, or season mm-hmm. is going to be, if they're going to have a 2021 season. And if not, then I'll just ask them if it's uh, for some credits for... Uh, I know he sells like tires and stuff. If not that, then uh, he does Vegas, uh, like the grassroots events, and I've been wanting to go to those too. So those could be my yeah. uh, some credit if if he's willing to do that. We'll see. Yeah, actually, I, I'm, I'm, as we're talking, um, I, I do want to throw out as we get 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 off of your your checklist here, throw out uh, a little West Coast update since we've talked about that too. But um, uh, back to the sponsorship. So yes. I guess, so from the, um, the events, I guess the events, that's kind of where I see us being. And I'm not, I'm not ruling out as saying, hey, we would set up camp at this regional series, um, you know, event or the, this, this, that, you know, so those, which, so that kind of segues into the next component. So when you kind of think of, of things like grid life, uh, et cetera, you know, those are kind of events outside of the traditional calendar of different regional drift series, et cetera. Put that more in the events column. Um, and then the the way I announced it is, you know, the proposals are open to uh, drift series partners. So, you know, for this year, we, we partnered with Lone Star. Uh, we partnered with uh, Spirit.jp. partnered with Riverside Drift out of the uh, Indiana, Kentucky area, as well as... East 10 and East 10 obviously tabled there for this year. Um, so uh, I've opened that up to series partners. So people that are running a regional last year, you're with me about your season and schedule. And I get that you said we, we don't know yeah. what that's going to look like. So I'm not at this point, you know, there's I'm not saying, you know, holding you to a hard and fast thing, but obviously it's, anybody who's going to wait, yeah, I mean, anybody's going to wait until March or April to have that kind of. Uh, 
I imagine we'll fully be locked in by. Yeah, but even know, to s- even if you're yeah. committing yourself to like a certain series, like okay, if that series goes good too, but if you're saying like, hey, I'm gonna do a SoCal series in pro am, and I plan on doing such and such shootout, and then these uh, bash events or whatever, you can still yeah. have it just because you don't have a date doesn't mean you're not really dedicated to go do those things and granted it may conflict with your schedule and you won't be able to but you can have that conversation still when you need to right you know and i, I what you just said too from a application one of the things is like hey you know what, what events are you looking at running and you know i've had some people that are like i i'm just asking i think i can't remember. it was look you know i'm not a um, you know, part of the strategy of that is like, you know, and if I'm thinking, Hey, we're going to be at LS fest, well, how many, how many potential Kenda drivers? And just like that, I mean, it, it's, you know, I had people that worked with, Hey, I'm going to drive all the East 10 events this year in 2020. And I'm going to drive, uh, I will drive LS fest and I want to drive this and I'm going to do, um, you know, grid life Atlanta, which of course didn't happen. Um, you know, East 10 didn't happen. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. So it's just as these things come in the first of the year, then, then we'll kind of hopefully have some more clarity from series partners and event from a driver perspective, get your, um, you know, get your schedule together. And, and, and for me, it's, is the guy going to run 30 events? Is he going to run five? So, you know, of where I would say my, my budget head is at is number one on the, um, working with some select series partners where that may, um, much like we did this year. Um, number two would be to, um, have a couple of fully backed drivers. Uh, when I say fully backed, then essentially that's going to be, um, a full season. I mean, like uh, fielding has been an ambassador with us for the last several years. Um, you know, uh, uh, somebody like that, that's, that has a high profile that runs a, um, fairly large number of events and, you know, it has the flexibility to attend some of these other events like that. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not saying I'm trying to single fielding out, but I mean, just kind of, you know, the ambassador for us, I would expect we would continue to work with fielding in some capacity next year. But Sorry, Phil, uh, it's I, the I, hair. I, it's like, you got to keep it. It is, yeah, and, and the beard, too. I mean, you're growing the beard out, he's just getting a little chiseled. Chiseled <laughs> is the look. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I guess, you know, like, but that was, you know, tires, as everybody knows, is probably the largest and most expensive consumable over the part of a season. Um, it most you know, definitely that, is, yeah. It goes longer than most. Uh, the good long, you know, is a reasonable expectation. Could certainly be more than that. Could you know, you could certainly go through, uh, you know, you know, several hundred over the course of a season. Um, but I mean, when you start putting a dollar value, if you if you figured just the cost of the tire plus the cost of transit and all the other back end things that go along with it, you know, just you figure, um, you know, hundred hundred tires. I mean, that's you know, that that's a lot of money adding up real quick. You know, now you're talking, you know, ten thousand dollars. Of sponsorship and and there's not a lot of drivers out there that are going to get ten thousand dollars to tires mm-hmm. so that segues into uh the, the other component which would be transparent this is in the the, the document the application uh that's in there that you know there will probably I, I anticipate working with a handful partially back drivers and partially starting off where there's a fit and you know we're trying to do this it, it might be it might be 12 tires um you know maybe 24 it could be 50 you know at least tbd in terms of what those applications look like where they're at where there's a fit you know and and where and again that it goes back to that whole business relationship that makes sense uh where we think we can partner together and we can kind of come to an agreement on this is what i'm willing to offer you is does this work for you yes or no and then the but really the the, the thing that i'm the most people is 
you know, at this at this level, people are you know largely looking for something that helps offset that um, of having a program of sorts. And what I intend to do with that is have you know a certain amount of drivers. It's all budget dependent, of course. But you know, I foresee I I don't put a bone on your podcast because like talking to you um so i guess i would see you know the number in my mind is probably going to be somewhere between 20 to 25 drivers okay that support program uh tire stacks okay um had really good results when working with tire stacks a authorized wholesale distributor this year so unlike a lot of other online retailers that don't have any skin in the game that basically when, when you go online and you're searching for an online retailer uh, most a good chunk of these distributors or, or resellers in name they use an algorithm they use a program they, they're tied into a database of wholesale distributors in different regions or even nationally in some cases and they actually buy tires direct from us and then they sell them to you guys it's a it's a fairly unique concept but tire stacks is is a good partner they've kind of stepped up and been working in, in fd and in pro 2 certainly this year um uh, doing trackside fulfillment with them so they're on board with doing this. Um, the race to support, you know, these 20 drivers who would be able to purchase tires at a significantly discounted rate mm-hmm. uh, through tire. You know, this is really not this. This takes place in a lot of, um, you know, in return for Kenda support on the car and, and you know, social media delivers uh, deliverables, etc. You buy tires, that is, you'll get the discount. Stacks for essentially accrue. So every time you buy a tire, that over accrue you enough that should theoretically to claim uh, will essentially be at least one free set of tires yeah, at least you know the more you spend the more you'll go but it's you know number one is so discounted tires you'll get uh, essentially a free set of tires out of that over the course of the season in redeemable kenda bucks uh there's also a contingency that this is the last part that effectively will be the contingency is if you are a kenda driver you compete you do a podium finish you'll also get a set of tires a pair at those events where you know it's where it's a podium type finish so there's a lot of a lot of moving parts to it i'm trying to have a the component where you know you'll, you'll learn tires you you learn about that that's going to be kind of a good uh you know make it a good visible for us at the grassroots and the, you know and the um and the pro-am levels that we're trying to do our most support okay and then i have a couple questions about that so absolutely w- with uh the uh, racer program is it gonna be are you gonna have drivers like are you trying to like spread it out evenly throughout the country with having drivers on the west coast having drivers on the east coast and just kind of like you know uh just spread out or is it like whatever 25 drivers you happen to pick just just happen to get picked that's a fantastic question um because i i think i, I would like to ideally kind of spread the love um, but a lot of that, I think it just, some of it comes down to who's, who's applying and where, um, you know, where, where is there a fit? But, you know, uh, I, I guess a good example is like, so like, you know, the, the, the team driving concept is, uh, you know, is, is taken hold and I've gotten a few team apple to those team applications to look, I, I can't support four or five or six. it just doesn't work, you know? So say, um, just throwing out like somebody that's driving, you know, for Club Loose uh, up in New Jersey, or you know, pick anywhere. Drivers in that area, uh, six drivers, and I have the ability to do twenty is probably not a good fit. Um, 
but you know, it, then it becomes you know infighting in the team. It's like, well, I, I can back one of you, yeah. Maybe. You know, <laughs> you know, but I, I think the idea where I kind of see it is I would like to have like a na- at least a semi-national um, roadmap, you know, in Vegas, maybe a guy in Texas, a guy in Kansas City, a guy in, in Knoxville, a guy in Atlanta, a guy in Orlando, you know, uh, up the coast to have that map dotted um, because, you know, different drivers and different things are going on at different times in the year. So uh, as well as where I would like it to be, you know, it, it'll all shake out, but that's that's kind of yeah um another question i have for you is so with the uh, racer program is there like a minimum tire order not to go let's just say it does end up going through tire stacks i know that they kind of have a certain system and let's say you need to order a minimum of of what 24 tires to get yeah like the, the change that they've made some changes to their business model a little bit where uh, i'm seeing like guys that are tagging tire stacks and orders that are you know being you know forced the, the big savings theoretically is in, in with tire stacks is i don't know if that um, tire stacks is with tire, with tire stacks uh with their, their the best shipping breaks you know come from palletized quantities which is usually um, but the idea is you know with this racial support program you know they're we haven't ironed ironed out all those details uh, exactly, but you know, it, it would be. You know, I, I think we'll have the ability to get smaller quantities for those drivers. I, whether that's four times, we'll figure that out. But that's, but it, it's it's ideally it's uh, less of a demand than your typical pallet order for a consumer. I guess. What yeah, because the reason I'm asking is like a driver such as myself who can't afford to. No, yeah, it's not even that. It's sure. just maybe maybe it's poor money management on my part. Um, but it's like, okay, so when I'm getting paid, I'm like, okay, I know I got an event coming up. Let me order four tires now. Next time I get paid, I'll order another six or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, right. but do they have it? Is there, is there a possibility where there can be set up where you can like almost add money to your account? Now let's say kind of, like, kind of like a Starbucks yeah. situation where you just add money onto that onto your <laughs> entire stack card. Did, yeah, yeah, it just came to my head right now. So it's, I, I, like I haven't thought this out fully, but but I'm just, I'm just I'm thinking out loud right now. So let's just say it's you're yeah, loading money like onto it. Yeah, exactly, like a little bank, and then uh, it's mm-hmm. almost like a layaway basically. Um, and you're, you're loading yes. money onto it, and you're like, oh, okay, there's enough money in there for a whole pallet of tires. Shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, I guess I would say, you know, from knowing tire stacks, you know, like their business model and just, you know, freight obviously has a cost to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is, you know, their free ship, free shipping is never truly free. Yeah. Um, but I would say with that business model, it would probably be favorable. That's actually, I'll, I'll talk to those guys about that idea because I, I really, I like that. I think you're onto something. I don't know if we'll have like a mobile app and you can phone ahead, but like you do with your Starbucks card, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't even <laughs> keep track of like how much money you have in the account to order to get to, mm-hmm. let's just say, because I would assume it's a different discount at 24 tires as opposed to like, hey, I can only afford six right now. Yeah, it is. And I mean, and the, the thing is, is like, think about it this way. So if if you're on this kind of a program, if you're on this kind of racer support, just, you know, you're buying tires at a discount. So you get a, say you get a 25% discount, um, you know, the, the, the 25% discount still costs me money. You know, yeah. so I'm so you're getting 25% off, but that 25% is subsidized out of me having to give tire stacks that 25% difference. 
Correct. If that makes sense. Yep. So, you know, I think a lot of people don't think about it like that. Um, you know, there, there, there is always a, you know, there's always a back end cost. Everything costs. So, um, I, I, where I would, I like that idea that you came, came up with because it does, uh, you know, it, it behooves, you know, where, where drivers can, hey, uh, you know, I get that you're going to need six this weekend, but I know you also want to order, you know, 18. Um, you know, let's work something out. So, I, you know, I, I think there would be, it would be nice to have that kind of a measure of flexibility to the program. And I think that's where also working with, one specific partner like that instead of just saying hey i'm going to order tires online or i'm going to get them from here this week and here the next week and can i get a discount if i buy from this guy instead no uh, you know it has to be a structured program in that regard Correct. so i'll you know we'll try to I, i'll definitely pitch that idea because i think it does um you know again and you know like buy the more you save so anybody that can buy uh you know 12 you know you're going to get a little bit of a better shipping rate than you will on two six tire shipments for example or three four tire shipments yeah so, exactly you know, we'll keep it going yeah. yeah i like that uh and then uh when does the 2020 2021 season start so for you guys i, I know you're going to go be going through it in the month of december we both know things don't always go as planned and uh you may very well be going still digging through those well into february that is a possibility i mean i uh, won't lie <laughs> yeah that's what I'm, that's what i'm saying like so what so what does I didn't see it at least? Um, is there like a start date? Like, hey, our twenty twenty one season starts on this date, guaranteed. You can you can begin ordering your stuff, or are you guys just kind of like playing it by ear right now and getting as much out as you can? I think right now it's gonna it's gonna play out like that, and that's kind of how twenty twenty did. Um, I think because here we had some we had some staff changes, and like even our marketing uh, our, our marketing director, so he didn't hire in with us until March, first of March. So, um, so it was, so a lot of stuff didn't even really get aligned or even on the calendar up until that time. So, you know, the idea is that by the idea with starting this from October to October, November of an application process is to actually kind of go into it where at least on January 1st, we kind of are headed in that direction. Like we know where we want to go and then you know, try to get contracts out or have these, dis at least I, I would say have discussions with potential drivers and then, you know, get, get the, uh, you know, get the contracts out as soon as possible, but it, it will be, you know, kind of calendar dependent on when all that falls into place. I, I don't want to really get into a, a thing where we're trying to tie up some loose ends and put deals together, you know, March or whatever, but, you know, we'll see. So earlier is always better. And that's why I'm trying to be a little bit more proactive this year about getting that in line. But it's, you know, the, but this is, this is a, one of the variables of, of business. I mean, like, you know, a lot of contracts and everything typically runs, uh, I think like all the 2020 contracts, even though some of them came together this year, mm -hmm. uh, between January to April, they're all through December 31st. I mean, that's still from an accounting perspective, you know, our hard stop on the calendar for, for the end of a season is uh you know it's december 31st and that's when every everything will kind of roll over again so we'll we'll figure it out okay uh i have one last question about some tire stuff for sure and this is are there any plans for an fd involvement even like a possibility of like the official tire of like a pro-am not no, I'm sorry. Not the official tire of a pro am. The pro am. Uh, the official. That's that sounds nice, doesn't it? What do you? What, what what's your take? What's your take on on where where does Kenda fit in that what, driver opinion? 
driver opinion works because we're just because of the way things seem to be going right now uh less tire brands like especially within pro 2 mm-hmm. uh it would make sense for all the drivers to be on a similar tire um this way that kind of evens the playing field for all of us mm-hmm. just kind of the, the same way that um, pro 2 kind of did the uh 255 rule and now that everyone's on achilles i don't know i don't know what happened with nexon i'm assuming something must have happened uh for them not to budget, be in- budgetary would be my guess i don't yeah. know um, especially with COVID and stuff like that. So, right, right. Uh, I don't know. It's just, a, it's just an idea off the top of my head. You know, it never, never really fully thought it through, but if it was something <laughs> that could, could or would be, you guys would do. You know, I, so at, at SEMA, um, had some conversations with some of the higher ups at FD, uh, kind of an introductory meeting. Um, you know, and the discussion with FD at the time was, you know, kind of gauging interest and just more of an introduction, um, for us and, and them to each other. Really good meeting. Um, you know, ultimately for 2020, it came, look, you know, just like I talked about budgets weren't aligned and I, I don't think we even really got our full internal marketing spend, uh, agreements in place until March. Um, you know, it was just, and, and we already had a lot of commitments that were already done we're like there's this it's it's just not going to work let's keep the door open uh you know i've talked with fd and have had conversations with those guys uh love talking to everybody at fd uh i, I personally uh, on the personal level just ed speaking not not corporate ed not at kenda racing ed uh but you know i i see value to being in in fd yeah uh, pro 2 specifically because i think it it the way i have this program aligned it fits uh it's our that you know, I, I try to put a lot of time and effort into, you know, the little guys that are starting out at the grassroots level, um, you know, kind of building in certainly into Pro-Am. And then if you think of that grassroots Pro-Am, Pro-2 as a, as a feeder series or feeder ladder of sorts, um, to, to compete with that makes sense. I mean, for a guy that's doing Pro-Am this year who's competing for a Pro-2 license, um, you know, it would be great to be able to say, hey, look, you know, I, I won on I won on Kenda in Pro 2. I'm sorry, in Pro-Am. I got my Pro 2 license. Yeah. And I'm going to drive on these next year because they're just it's definitely a fit. Um, you know, I've had conversations with them relative to uh, like even at the, at the Pro 1 level, uh, just because I think our tire is more of that grassroots. You know, we I don't know that since my time here, I, we haven't done any direct testing because that's not really where our market or our, our engineering efforts are focused on, but we haven't really done any side-by-side comparisons quite simply because there's been no need to. So, you know, we're not doing any internal testing against Nexon against the SUR 4G, for example, or the new, what's the new Falcon, like the 660, um, you know, these types. We're doing any head-to-head comparisons to see how good we are because that's not really, at the end of the day, the KR20A is still ultra high performance replacement tire. It, you know, the, the drift guys love it, um, you know, and, and it's latched onto because of its reputation and all the good things that it does in terms of, you know, what performance, longevity, durability, just awesome grip, great consistency, all these good, all these good metrics. Um, but, you know, to go head to head, just the, just knowing the construction of the tires, you know, the, I think some of the, some of those tires that are in Pro 1 like are, are you know, there, there's a harder there's a, the carcass construction of the tire is different so it would from a pro one perspective it's almost we'd have to develop 
a different tire called a you know KR21 that would be that kind of a tire. And I've had this conversations in, on DMs uh, many times with people that look, you know, if you think about it, to, to build a new tire, uh, a new tire size, a mold is about fifty thousand. So you'd need a couple of molds. Say it was an FD, you'd need four molds. You'd have to develop, um, you know, this. You'd have R and D testing. You'd have certification because it's still a consumer tire. So you still have to go through government DOT testing. You even rolled out this new tire. You'd have a half a million dollars in development for four tire sizes, and then half a million dollars of cost. And then you still got to give tires away for free because, if I'm not mistaken, you have to sponsor three drivers. Yes, and you'd have to give away tires. And you know, you're talking. Okay, so we build four sizes, and we, you know, we have to give, we have to sponsor a certain amount of drivers. There's a definitely a cost involved there. At the end of the day, and that's in, in, in before any kind of fees that that Formula Drift might want. And then you also have to look at it from what's the return on investment for being an FD. Well, you know, from a business perspective, we'd want to do marketing around that. We'd want to do trackside activation. We'd want to invite Kenda top customers and experience FD, and you know, do all. And by the end of the day, that's five hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand, or even a million dollars. No joke, because I know, I know what Nexon was spending. Um, when they first came back into FD in 2016, I know what that budget was. And uh, again, you know, you're talking seven figures to get into that. Um, and at the end of the day, then it becomes for Kenda. Well, how many tires do we actually make and sell? Well, we spent five hundred thousand tires, five hundred thousand dollars to develop these tires, and we're going to sell. I don't know tires of these a year, dude. But the yeah, it, that the, does not the make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, the numbers don't add up. I mean, if we already had something that was ready to go, great, but we, we don't. We're not there. So then you kind of back down the ladder. You know, there there is a pro to fit to do that. Um, so to answer your question, kind of given a little bit of a backstory there, you know, I, I think we have we have some interest in, in pro to. Um, I don't, it's it's a little early to say, would we do anything for this year or for, for next year? Oh, yeah, um, I, think, I understand that. You know, and and uh, but a, a lot of that comes back down to budget. I mean, from a COVID perspective, um, you know, we had a lot of our marketing spend clamped down this year. We still don't know what twenty twenty one is going to look like. You know, where everybody's kind of anticipating, hey, things will open back up and things will be back, and we will have people at these events and and stuff like that. But I think you're going to see perspective that. Plus, also number two, um, you know, at the beginning of this, like how busy sales has been for us and our production capacity. Um, I think if you look at like supplying the Pro 2 field as a tire supplier in 2021, I'm not saying this will or won't happen um, right now. I think, but realistically, my you know my internal crystal ball tells me that just putting just in terms of how many tires can we build. I mean, if you do you know uh, just quick math, you know 24 drivers, uh, you know third over the course of a weekend times four events, you know that that's a lot of extra tires. Um, and also meet grassroots level that we're seeing right now surged. I mean, well over 200% of volume year over year of what we've done. I don't know that we have enough plant capacity to be able to build and supply that and the logistics piece of that to be able to get those in. Um, you know, and there's, there's costs involved in that. And then also the time crunch uh, would be, I think we're looking at right now, like dealers that are ordering these tires right now, this is for, um, November orders from a dealer that's placing tires from us right now means I give you I give Ed an order tomorrow, November eleventh, eleventh right Veterans Day, um, that I give you know I give Ed an order in November, 
those tires will actually go into production at the very end of January or possibly into February. And then it's another 19 right now. Um, you know, tires might not even arrive stateside until April. And that, and then now you're getting into racing season. It's going to be cutting it close. So I think to commit to FD, I would like to be a part of FD Pro 2. I think, again, I see a value to that. Um, but there's a lot of moving parts to that. I mean, then it becomes marketing spend. How are we going to activate even Pro 2? How are we going to take our dealer and, and get them out of Pro 2 weekends? Because just having our name on a sign or on a live stream, it, it, you know, it, it does something for the people that are watching the live stream. But how do we introduce people that have never seen Drift at these high levels before? Um, how do we get them engaged? How do we get our dealers to understand, look, this is why, the, this is why you're selling so many KR20As is because of this. And this event, and hey, let, by the way, you know, let's let's get you into you know get you into one of these cars, and let's get a ride along, or, you know, do, do some thing, you know, some meet and greets, and some activation with some of these series partners. There's a lot of moving parts to that, and honestly, um, you know, even six months might not be enough for that for 2020. And I, I don't know. I mean, with uh, with the Pro Two thing, I don't know where that's headed with Achilles. Like you said, Nexon is not not in that, in at least in Pro Two, or maybe even Pro next year. I don't know, but at least yeah, Pro exactly. Two. They're not in, so I don't know where that's where that uh, is all headed um, with with tires. You know, so I, I would like to be a part of it, but I don't know that we're in the best position to meet the demand where we need to be just yet. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we can have that conversation again in a month. I'll probably know more than I'll know right now about it. We'll wait till next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so okay, remember last time you were on, we were talking about like the time we were actually talking about the uh, for the. 255 even got out here um mm -hmm. <laughs> which they seem to have immediately sold out of um but weren't you mentioning something about a 255 40 or 255 35 that had already existed mm -hmm. which one was it i don't remember or were they did they both exist just not in the, in american market they existed, but not in the North American market. So okay, there was a two, there's a two, yeah, two fifty five forty eighteen, and then two fifty five thirty five eighteen. Fielding Shredder, uh, Fielding's out right now this week doing Drift Week. I think the NOAA Motorsports Park. Yep. Tomorrow on the on the, the Lone Star Drift Drift Week two, um, and Fielding is actually running two fifty fives. He's actually got two fifty fives. He actually had a phone call with him over the weekend. He's going to uh, video content and. Um, some comparisons of sizes over Drift Week, and he's going to put it together into kind of a cool YouTube video that's going to kind of break that down. If you've ever watched Fielding on YouTube, he's I love him uh, for for being a guy that works with us the way he does because you know he did a really neat video that kind of even detailed like here's the differences of four different sizes of Kendas, and so we we kind of talked about like hey you know let's do something with the 255s, but he's got. I think 24 tires that he's got on drift week that are all 255s oh, okay, so sweet. if you can't if you can't if you can't find them now fielding's got most of them i guess <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh... yeah yeah so so both of those are out there so just to kind of recap a little bit because i don't remember where that conversation was but i was going to, at the time i was going to get those two sizes the 250 40 and 35 added to uh the united states to our uh whole to our um dealer order sheet i guess you would say to our pricing our pricing catalog uh for dealers and we had that um but the thing is is with uh, it didn't take off quite as well as i thought it would just because people continue to really prefer 265s just in general driving or they're going 245s you know like a lot of um 
you know, a lot, a lot of the uh, Nissan and BMW guys can only go as wide as a two, as a uh, two forty-five. So two fifty-five also, yeah, it kind of becomes <laughs> uh, a little like an odd man out, right? Yeah. So we we have sales data on on how good two two twenty-five, two thirty-five, two forty-five sell, and we know two sixty-five is our is our go-to size. That's your guys is like bread uh, but, and butter, ain't it? For drifting. Oh yeah, I mean it's like it's like four or five to one in terms of sales volume on pretty much anything else i mean it's it's huge yeah it, it's just the go-to size so yeah i mean then you then 255 i brought it on with the idea of hey guys that are running this you know spec tire series that's why we want to offer it and then dealers also didn't have sales data so it, it kind of becomes well i know i'm selling a lot of these smaller sizes and i know i'm some bunch of 265s i don't know what i'm going to sell about these so the order the orders that came in were fairly reserved in terms of you know um i guess conservative in terms of because nobody knew um and as kind of the year went on now it becomes um you know now people are looking for them well, you know it's because a lot of dealers didn't order that many and guys weren't really that in tune with them so you know it's hard to forecast demand from from my level on down to the consumer level and that's kind of one of the things i do socially is to kind of bridge that a little bit mm-hmm. but it's a little bit of a guessing game um Hey, one thing I did want to throw out there, though, is that I do get, you know, we we do have the, uh, the KR20A is in different treadwear. Uh, you know, like some sizes uh, are, a lot of them are in 180 treadwear, uh, you know, and then a smaller handful are in 300. Uh, one change we are making, um, I haven't posted this on our social yet, so you're actually getting a little bit of a scoop that one of the changes that the coming year um for 2021 is going to be that the 180 treadwear is actually going to be um, revamped. We're making a, a small, uh, we're making some small compounding changes to the tire, and we're going to have that re- recertified as a 200 treadwear. Um, what that basically means, and for anybody that doesn't really know, other than these numbers, uh, basically what it means is, is the, the the treadwear number kind of refers to the the. Um, how the longevity of the tire yeah. and tires typically speaking higher the number the longer lasting well and then you're you know like an all-season tire on your um you know on your mom's accord is going to be you know a 500 600 700 tread wear you know we're dealing with tires that are 180 200 300 um as, as a grippy you know uhp or max performance tire yeah so the big changes is a lot of rule books um, and specifically, even in autocross, I mean, this is a great drift tire, but there's a lot of autocross guys and a lot of um, you know road racing running competitor tires that have asked, hey, you know, is is this tire any good for for autocross? Well, yeah, it'd be a great tire for autocross. Can't use it. I mean, like SCCA regulations prohibit any tire less with a treadwear rating less than 200. So you look at Falcon, Nexon, Toyo, BF Goodrich, um, um, Bridgestone. Everybody's running. Falcon, yeah, everybody has a 200 treadwear on it, and this is why. So mm. we're actually going to make a few compounds uh, internally that will open up the marketplace a little bit yeah. in terms of the, the the user demand, and I think in theory sell more, you know, sell more tires today to audiences that that would really like these and benefit from them that can't. So we'll have that. I mean, timeline on that where we would see tires like the 200 Kendas. That's probably. I mean. That's six months away. That'll probably start. That'll be like a June time frame. So, I guess let's let's get on your calendar around that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. So with that said, I mean, we're not going to necessarily where we won't have a 180 and a 200 and a, and we will have the the 200 will effectively supersede the 180s. There won't be any issues with kind of mis- mixing and matching them. But it's just a, a, it's a long term move 
we'll probably have new part numbers that are going to come out that are going to kind of supersede. I haven't really put it out there yet because there's a lot of these back-end moving parts on it, but we signed off by our engineering, our, um, our, our technical team, our factory in Taiwan where they're built. Everybody signed off on it that, hey, this would be a good move for the U.S. market, so let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, so I mean, so we'll have those. I, I anticipate more 255 demand. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard because I don't know the amount of people that are running 255 that are that would or could buy Kendas. So it, if you're listening to this and you know you're trying to buy them, you know, please send me a, a you know send me a message on Instagram and, and uh, have a conversation with you about it. But um, but yeah, they're out there. They're just out there in limited quantities. Yeah, I finally drove. What'd you think? Consistent tire and uh, oh. laminate. So then, okay. So Grange, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Grange. It's Antelope Valley Speedway now, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that track would get you through like one lap before you, or at least you know, first of a lap before you melted some tires that they were ATR two mm-hmm. specifically. You would you <laughs> a lot was, of me- a lot of memes out there about that. Yeah, as soon as you overheated them, <laughs> like you would get probably like a little bit the third to the last turn. You know, three turns left, and they would melt. At least that's what the, how they used to work on my both my cars. Um, but this thing was, you know, granted, this was the first I haven't driven in 14 months, so mm-hmm. I was I was spinning out a little bit uh, and being, you know, hitting the throttle when I did, so I could stay away from ending up in the dirt. Um, but Good around, um, it was always consistent. So I I will say that I did like that. Uh. uh Anything else I got about? I am on a ten and a half inch wheel, and I was running like twelve pounds of tire pressure at this track, which is probably the worst idea ever. Um, so, but I de- oh, and then uh, no understeer issues from the front either. I'm running the two thirty five forties up front. Okay, you find that's a balance. Yeah, and those were like brand new too. Uh, oh nice! Like with stickers on them. Uh, I just waited until the sticker fell off naturally. But no understeer issues or anything like that. I really like that. So they're definitely great front tires as well. Um, Outstanding. So. And and that's that's one thing that I, I see a, a lot of. Um, you know, when you start looking at different review type groups and comments and things like that, that you know, there's there's a lot of people that are running. You know, I, I like, you know, of course, I love the Kendas on the back, you know, all the things that you said. And then you have people that are running absolutely anything else up front. And I think it's really important to mention that, you know, tires are always engineered to work best as a set of four on your car. I mean, that's like when you go into a tire shop and you're putting tires on something, you know, matching what you have is always the best. And there, there's literally no there's no difference for this and maybe even more so, um, you know, the, the, the tires, uh, we do have some people that, that tend to favor like a 180 up front cause it is slightly grippier versus a 300 on back in terms of the tread wear. But I think it's also, you know, the other thing with carrot twenties is that, you know, when you look at that, one of the most common questions is, you know, like where tread wear, a lot of people ask, you know, can I go 180 front, a little, something a little grippier up front? Do you think this would make sense? Yeah, it does. But honestly, the difference, uh, you know, kind of just the seat of the pants feel, the, the simplest way I can boil it down is to say, you know, like, the, look, the, the, the grip difference of 180 versus 300, it's not some big night and day, oh, my God, these are, the, you know, the greatest things since, you know, I can't believe there's such a difference. It's not. It, it's very subtle, in fact. I'd say the grip difference, if you ran 180s on the car, and then next out, and you ran a set of 300 treadwear all the way around, assuming you can do that. 
Um, the the grip difference on the 180 is maybe 10, possibly 15% on the high side. And there's a lot of variables. I mean, car setups and yeah. driving capabilities, dress stuff. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, tire-to-tire comparison, it's about 10 to 15%. It's 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 the placebo effect. You know, it's like, oh, you know, the, these are so grippy. Uh, you know, they're a little grippier. By, by, uh, by comparison, you know, the trade-off with tires, you always trade off one thing to get another. The trade-off then is... You know, the 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 300s last maybe 10 to 15 percent longer. And full disclosure, I didn't even align it. See, there you go. And then, how many people really do? Let's be let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> being should be aligned. Um, yes. I, I kind of have yeah. a problem with my lower control arm and my toe adjusting in the rear rot. My okay. toe, my toe arm, they're on the same axis. So yes. when you go to adjust one. You know, like let's say I go to adjust toe, it mm-hmm. throws off my camber. So, okay, so it's so, like the yin and the yang. If yeah, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. They should have made an adjustable upper control arm and a fixed lower, so I can more leeway with it. But they didn't, so right um, that might happen later. Uh, and then it's really weird because the trailing arm is all the way on the bottom. It's like the lowest point on the knuckle in the rear, okay. which is weird. So. I don't know, uh, but no, no alignment, and I did pop the front tire. I I have I broke the bead for sure, and I think I'm still rubbing on the inside frame rail. I think I went on full lock. I probably compressed the suspension up there when I actually went off track at full lock, uh-huh. and then I can see that. Yeah, I see I see a chunk of tire on the inside. I haven't pulled it, so it's been it's been uh i i unloaded it saturday night when i got home and i was like i've I've been working on this thing for six months straight it could it could rest a week i'm not doing it until i need need that mental break at that point i really do i really (laughs) it's weird because i'm like so swamped with this and then right now at work um like i got a promotion recently so i've been like doing two jobs or like two and a half jobs and i really need to get somebody else to help me so that sounds familiar yeah i've been yes. dealing with that and then i'm like oh yeah i still have a race car at home that has to get finished and a podcast to record for a while it wasn't a recording episode so yeah yeah no it's uh it, that, that's the, that's the problem with side hustles is that they end up yeah it, yeah they get on the I, back I sometimes unfortunately um yeah so but i do like them uh, I do want to get a proper setup. I think I'm going to... So I know I'm registered for sure on the next event. I think it's December 6th. Uh, okay. Same track. Nice. And I'm going to ask everything because I actually messed up my car a little bit. Um, I threw a belt the first lap out. And then that Ooh. belt got entwined and behind my power steering pulley. So oh. now I got an oil leak and a hydraulic fluid leak. So sounds like I did got... You post, did you post the leaks? Was there a leak pick that I see that? No something not for me okay no there's a lot there's a lot of them going on i'm I'm trying to remember these things because i I do follow you i mean i do i do scroll through feeds i don't just randomly tap i might have i might oh (laughs) my story just saying what happened i didn't yeah okay that's what i'm thinking yeah 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 yeah. okay see there you go (laughs) all right so we're gonna move on uh all right you wrote a mini book i did i read it i read it the day you sent it to me Yes, uh, during my lunch break, for, I was like, "Let me uh, slam through this thing real quick." It's it's like I don't know, four, it's like forty pages. It's it's not uh, you know. It, I've tried to pack a lot of information into a, a little short window. I think originally I w- wanted to make it like 
20 pages and then the content just kind of kept going and then I, I finally get to a point like at 40 I got to cut this off because uh, you know if I, you're at a point where it, if it keeps going you need to stretch it into to being a full book and and I, I do want to get that actually uh, that's actually is want to segue into doing a full sponsorship like book. like uh like for the most part adding something more to this yeah it would be kind of you know kind of re um repurposing some of that content but then packaging it out into being a longer a longer narrative more expanded topics than, than just you know i've kind of have a rough draft of that already but it's uh that's where i see it i mean yeah i, I wanted to put that together because i like things come to me late at night sitting here doing some stuff and hey you know this topic or had this discussion with somebody in instagram and the dms or in a yeah. post and and like hey i can you know want to stretch it out and that's kind of that's kind of where it took on a life of its own i mean yes i i wrote it about um the book is called uh, do something different and it's basically a look at you know how to at the grassroots uh you know or pro-am level how to package your own presence um and kind of do some things differently that that uh, can kind of elevate your game and kind of make you more attractive to a potential sponsor it's i saw it over at dta driver tuning apparel dta hq.com i think it's eight bucks it's a just a quick ebook pdf download but yeah i mean it, it i've had tremendous feedback from guys and certainly anybody who's listening to this who's bought it thank you for thank you for doing it thank you i mean the feedback means a lot to me i probably should do more to force people to ask you know beg beg for reviews of it but uh yeah i mean i, th- I think it's it's really there's nobody that's really out here in this um you know, in this market that's that's doing it, and I see there's a lot of opportunity for guys that want to get your program polished, that you can kind of you know dabble in and and attract, making yourself more attractive to a sponsor, whether it's uh, a corporate, you know, somebody in the attracting um, local sponsors, whether it's you know local local businesses that aren't aware of this the motorsport that we call drifting and what that does and and how that can how you can use that to your advantage and you know so i do tip my hand to some of those ideas in that book yes and one uh, two things i wanted to touch base on within Mm -hmm. the book itself one you have a pit setup recommendation yes i drew that myself even look at you (laughs) you are an artiste sir it's a bunch of it's a bunch of squares but yeah hey uh, i see it i see a circle i see eight circles actually those look like chairs Uh, chairs. but uh (laughs) But it's just, a, it's not the end-all be-all, but it's definitely a starting point for someone who doesn't know what exactly to do when they get somewhere. Right. And uh, I see that a lot. I see that, that it's opportunity a lot. You know, it's like, you, like, you know, you get some stickers on your car, now what do I do? You just sit there and oh, wait God. for all the money. That's right. They start yeah. waiting for the checks to roll in. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh. exactly it. Yeah. That's, but no, that, that, was, that was it. I, you know, I just... Uh, you know, any any paddock that you go to, any event that you go to, I mean, uh, you know, you go to more events than I do. I mean, is anybody doing any of that? Uh, the Drift League kind of emphasizes on that, so they're really, mm-hmm. really good about it. Um, I don't know if you, you've had any talks with Rathena and if you ever intend to, but uh, she's Not very, directly about it, but... She <laughs> is very, very uh, adamant about a pit set of Drift League's... Uh, coming to be was to be to get a driver ready for pro two to have the proper pit setup when you get to pro two to have 
the yes. proper program to have people on your team who know to act like don't you know yes. aren't lollygagging <laughs> and like peeing on the walls in the restroom like a hole like you know what I mean That's yeah so, um, sorry just two times today I've spilled my beer on two computers uh, it's, it's been one of those days man <laughs> Really we're, has we're been. almost we're almost there. We are. We're there. Let me yeah, know no, to disconnect this battery. Well, I guess that one's good. Um, but yeah, she's like she really emphasizes on the whole pitch to FD when she came up with it, or at least part of it. You know, having a proper pit set up. It, right. She's really kind of on that one. Um, That's awesome. Acting accordingly. You know, a uh, I can't think of the word at the moment. Like a. Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I had to look on the website to find it. Um, the code of conduct book. She actually code had to she had to write a driver. She's even said it on this podcast before, um, because of one driver who happens to be like a good friend of hers too. So it was kind of funny. Um, well, that's you know r- rules are always made because of something that somebody did or didn't do. Housing rule for this year. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like the pol- policies, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm trying to find out you know, why that role exists. Um, <laughs> I the word on the street is it's me, but I don't think a little pro am guy could make it up that far. But if I did, oh. cool. Then I just don't sell yourself short. Anything's gonna get I on the books everyone in a, in a bad manner. Exactly. Uh, another thing in that that I wanted to talk about was it was a uh, it was selling yourself to somebody local. So mm-hmm. like. A pizza joint or something. I don't, I don't know. That's all I can think of. Right yeah. Now. And did you use that example? I don't remember. Um, uh, it was something it was similar. Like, yeah. P- pizza. One of the other ones I threw out was like, uh, like you know, micro, like micro brews. There, micro brews are everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- that's just it. I mean, like one of the one of the values of you know people people think of sponsor sponsorships as you know I I need free shit right. No. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they, they do. You, they you do. have to but. eat at the track too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's an inherent value to your food cost over the cost of a weekend. Yes, it is. Yes, there is. And maybe beer. So, but it, you know, the, you have to figure. You know, small businesses also, in turn, you know, the way the way that you don't market yourself as a driver often the way you could or should uh, try and do this. I mean, some people are perfectly happy being self-funded and you just want to go out and thrash, and that's you know, thrash and bash, and that is great. Same, uh, but you know, the, but you know, also, you know, look, if you can afford it out of pocket and you don't care, then you know, put whatever you want on your car or have nothing. But you know, everybody else seems to be kind of in that middle, in that middle tier. But you know, I, that was that was one of the examples I think was like you know, like a pizza shop. I mean, they don't have unlimited funds. You know, pizza is a very thin margin business, and you know, they're doing all kinds of different advertising. But you know, how can you? Uh, that was one of the examples in the book is how do you, you know, maybe you can align yourself with one of these shops where you're, you know, you're putting that, that shot, that, that pizza place or that microbrew on your car. And in return, you're giving come out and activate at your event by handing samples, maybe coming a food vendor within that series. I don't know. Um, or just, you know, maybe like if you're a microbrew, you know, you can't really sell brew, but maybe you can hand out samples hand out coupons and, you know, maybe in return, you know, it also gives you a chance to, you know, get some product for after hours consumption on these things. It's, you know, that, that that's the business relationship. That's where you have to kind of think about doing something different. And 
you know, I don't, I don't see too many, too many of those. But it also becomes it's a it's a fairly low cost. I mean, these these companies are like a microbrewery, for example. You know, they're, they are handing out product. You know, don't they, you know they are handing out samples. They are handing out you know six packs and, and different you know different cans or whatever they're doing uh, you know, to get their product out there. But you know, how how can you align yourself with one of these companies to do that? And I think that's where you know then you have to kind of look internally in that, and or maybe you know spend eight bucks and buy my book, and I'll give you a couple extra tips. <laughs> spend the eight dollars, I promise. Thank you. So yeah, and I think that's that's just one example. I mean, there, there's a host. I think I do highlight like three or four. And if I ever write a book, I've got a whole you know bunch. But those are those are examples. I think you know once once everybody catches onto that and starts going after all the pizza shops and all the uh, all the microbrews, it's gonna it's gonna get tough. But uh, other businesses, I mean, you know, paint and body. Everybody's cars. You know, like you have you know vinyl vinyl shops. You know, there, there's a lot of yeah. opportunities out there. And you know, it doesn't even have to be some some radical you know library on the car i mean you can just be like yeah i just i just want my car to be all you know i just want i want my car to be all white yeah and depending you know? on what what part of the country you're in go after like a cannabis company like if that's what you want to do that's a great example that's yeah. you know obviously not in every state uh california you can definitely do it pacific northwest <laughs> you can go after <laughs> a crack company now Oregon, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Um, but you know, but that's a good example. I mean, like, like cannabis, like out in Calgary and like Las Vegas. It's you know, these companies, these dispensaries. I mean, they they generate a lot of revenue. They have a lot a of bunch. money. It's like you know, how do you yeah. how do you advertise? You know, like the, these places have because of the federal regulations that are in place. You know, it's it's low. It's it's legal there, but it's still illegal federally. So it became you know, money becomes like. We're taking a lot of money, but we don't have to spend it. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely opportunities there. And, you know, I, I think, you know, not to get into the big discussion about that, but, I mean, over the next decade, that's probably going to look different in a lot of different states or maybe even nationally in the next decade. So, you know, why not get out in front of that if you can? Exactly. Um, what, what actually made you write that book? Was it all the uh, influx of uh, DMs you get, or was it something that you just saw missing? <laughs> like, I... I would assume you you just you said earlier you get like hundreds of DMs, and I get I it. Do. I I really get it, man. Like especially, do you get wait? Do you get more DMs than emails though? Yes. Jesus, yes, I would, I do. that would drive me nuts. Like I had a whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know Justin Constant, right? With um, Status yeah. Racing, he was on last week. So I actually I didn't release mm-hmm. that episode today. This this episode won't release till probably like Friday or something. Um. But he was saying the same thing. He's like, I get a whole bunch of DMs of people asking, just like, th- begging. He didn't say that. This is my word. This is my verbiage. Okay. Begging, because I'm I'm seeing like the posts that are make that they're making. They're giving like their sob story, and they're like, please. <laughs> is it, it's just that e- it's just that easy, right? Yeah. Uh. No. I. And not to toot my own horn, but I think I contribute to the drift community a little bit more than a majority of drivers who have the clout, um, just with quality content. And I know I'm saying that, I'm, and I know this is on a podcast, and everyone's gonna hear that. Uh, but I do believe that, and I but I still struggle getting sponsorships. But then again, I've also made like um, not a, not like a pack, but I I made the decision to not to no longer reach out to sponsors and ask them like if someone invites me to ask them i will do so um but i'm no longer doing it at the point where 
I'm sending, you know, a blind email to a nitrous company asking for nitrous. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, I, I just, I right, have this, because- I have a firm, I'm a firm believer in if you're doing something and somebody wants to work with you, they're going to ask you. And that, and that can go both ways and that can bite me in the ass 100%. But it's just something <laughs> I, I have to kind of like, it's, it's where I'm at right now because I don't want to go around wasting hours of time, no offense to anybody out there, um, and, and trying to reach out to these people when I can use that time at work and focus on my job on my day job and make up more hours there and bring in more business to make more money to pay for these things. If that makes sense. Like there's a trade off there. Yeah, it, just, it really does. I mean, I yeah, know what I'm sure. able to bring in at work. So I'll go do that. I don't know where I land with sponsorships because it's a yeah. hit and miss and, for everybody. Well, it is. And the other, and part of the other thing with sponsorships is you also never really know where somebody else's head is at. Exactly. You you don't. You don't know what a marketing. You don't know what a a brand. What their. You know what they. Yeah, what their needs are, what their wish list is, what their dollar spend is. Um, You know, like since since we talked, uh, like uh, a a great case in point was uh, for the Indianapolis 500. Like James Hinchcliffe. uh, You know, he lost he lost his seat um, at Aero McLaren uh, through just uh, you know. he, he got caught up he got caught up in a, an ownership transition we'll say and uh you know he wasn't going to have a seat for the indianapolis 500 and he was on his instagram saying you know this is this is breaking news and he was out there he's like hey i'm kind of bummed you know I, I got dropped i won't be in the race and um he's actually uh, he was actually on a good podcast I, I heard him talking and tell, kind of telling this story but literally um somebody sent him a dm james hinchcliffe indycar driver Sent him a DM said, and the DM was, um, "What's it? How, what's the cost to run? You know, what's the cost to sponsor you in the Indy 500, or what's the cost to run a car in the Indy 500?" And he said, "You know, it's a couple million dollars." And uh, I was like, "Okay." So from that conversation, from some random fan sending, like he worked for a software software company called Genesis, mm-hmm. it happened that this guy had inside knowledge that they were maybe kind of curious about this. The guy took took it upon himself to put uh, Hinch in touch with Genesis, and and he got a sponsorship backing for the 500, and and for a couple other uh, events and races with uh, with with Andretti Autosport for the year. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a, a, an entirely random story, but this guy, you know, if it wasn't for somebody reaching out, you know, Hinch would have had no idea that the sponsor's looking to maybe get involved in that as a, as a you know one off race. It's it's a really cool story. Yeah, you just never know. Exactly. Like, I'm not, like, I'm okay with being a privateer. Like, I've made that mm-hmm. decision a while ago because it's, it's just, I'm not, so essentially, in, in, in this conversation, you go wherever it goes. Um, essentially, a race car driver is a salesperson also. Yes. And, and I am the furthest thing from a salesperson. Um, <laughs> I really am. So, like, in my line of work, I do fire alarms. Fire alarms are... There, it's an it's a requirement like you have to have it like i can go to your building and tell you exactly what you need to have a fire alarm and it's a nationally oh it's a national again thing. Did you uh, do that again yeah but i i uh <laughs> I was talking with my hands like an a-hole uh but it, it hit my vice this time uh it's a nationally accredited thing so i know the code right. enough to tell you like hey this is what you need for your building here's what you need either you go with me or you go with somebody else 
it's it's your and, sure. and maybe that might be like a bad thing to an extent to be like oh um, maybe leave it yeah exactly but I, but at the I same time it. you have to be at that same point like if somebody wants to work with you because they want to work with you not because of your instagram followers so to speak which and, and and that's that's a great point i think i think a lot of people are get get hung up on how many you know how many followers i had somebody that sent me and i i can't remember if i've had this discussion with you in the dms or not but you know somebody sent me a dms like how many how many likes on tiktok do i need for a set of tire for for a season of tires not a set a season of tires how many how many tires do you think that is about a hundred okay which goes back to what we said earlier and I, uh you know a hundred tires is you know that's about that's roughly ten thousand dollars i said um you know, if I took and I even did the math and I did a did a Google. I'm sorry, I did a, a Facebook ad spend um, little. Uh, I was you know starting to fill it out like how much it costs, and I said, well, here's here's how many eyeballs I can do for ten thousand dollars of Google ad, of uh, Facebook ad spend, and you know it'll get you in front of about five five to seven million viewers over the course of, you know, however, like 30 days or whatever you could stretch it out to. So can you get me, you know, 30, you know, can you get me in front of 30 million people? Because that, that's a pretty big, it's pretty big stock who's, you know, driving a drift car. Um, you know, but I think, you know, then you kind of think about it like, you know, Kenda, we're not even on TikTok. TikTok is not one of our marketing initiatives for our brand. So it becomes, how, how is that supposed to work out? Yeah. You know, but I, I at the same time I appreciate a guy. You know, hey, shoot your shot. You know, because you never know. I mean, maybe, maybe hey, maybe, maybe our brand is looking to get into TikTok, and maybe somebody doing a bunch of you know dancing videos and you know car transitions and you know whatever TikTok um, you know content that you're producing. You know, maybe there's some value to that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe another sponsor is looking looking for that, but you know it doesn't it doesn't really fit our our needs or where we're trying to go with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it, it like what you're saying, privateer perspective. Look, if you can get into, you, I don't think anybody the expectation of I'm going to go ahead and build a race car. I'm going to sink hours and hours into building a race car and traveling to events and driving at events and then working out how much you know how much product this is going to cost me. And, and if anybody adds up all the costs of what it really takes to run a program over the season. Um, you know, I don't believe anybody should, you know, like, look, if you know that's going to cost you $15,000, $20,000 over the course of a year to, to do this, and assuming you already have a car, not even doing that, just yeah. this cost of travel and all these things aside, I mean, 20000 is is a realistic, um, you know, it, it's a realistic number that, that can add up. And if, if you're not prepared or if you're not financially able to do $20,000 of going into it in that manner, then you should, you know, then don't. You know, don't don't buy it. You know, don't get into it if you can't afford it. But so I think from that perspective, it becomes okay. If I can, I know I can do it. And you know, I, I if I were in that boat when I used to do auto crossing and driving, I mean, I, I and I did open wheel racing for a time. When I did all that, I was doing it out of pocket. And then does with most people, especially like if you're doing open wheel and, and that, those kind of things. And if you're going to get into more road racing, I mean, it comes to a point like where, look, you know, to, to go to that next level, you've got to have more fucking in it. You know, if, if you don't come from a trust fund family, um, then it becomes it becomes difficult to make that jump. Uh, very difficult, in fact. So then, okay, well, either you're going to resign yourself to I'm just going to thrash and bash the year or mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. But, you know, you have to be able to do that math, as, as you know. I mean, uh, kudos to you for doing it 
in that regard. But at the same time, you know, don't be afraid to ask if you think that there's a fit. If you if you can partner, um, you know, like we talked about, you don't know where somebody else's head is at. But you know, don't necessarily, I guess, waste anybody. You have something to offer, and you're just looking for free or just that's that's not a that's not a business relationship that that sponsorship uh, you know, sponsorship agreements are supposed to be. No, and I agree. That's why I try to think about it at the same time. Is like, okay, so what is my return on their investment? Okay, I mm-hmm. have a podcast, and I'm gonna. They're not getting a podcast slot because they're that. So anybody who's gonna work with me, they're working at for me as a driver. Doesn't have what the podcast has. Like it doesn't have the same reach. It's completely different. And granted, we're just talking mm-hmm. about Instagram right now. And again, right. on the podcast, it's completely different. So. Uh, the way it works with, with podcasting is like, um, so we can we can wipe all social media away because podcasting has nothing to do with social media, and that's what I love about it. I've been really, Good point. really appreciative of being able to have this platform and not have a YouTube like so many other drivers do, like everyone else. And, and kudos to them. I don't have the personality to have a YouTube channel. Like, I really don't. To sit there, like, I'm such an impatient person. Like, I couldn't sit there, set up a camera. Like, I'm telling you right now, I don't, sometimes I don't even want to do the podcast because it's just like, I got so much going on. But for somebody to sit there and set up a camera, explain to what they're doing, I have a lot of respect for that. Um, I used to kind of shit on it a little bit, and I I really did. But now that I've seen the way, I'm going to use Adam LZ as an example. I've seen how that guy has to do He's working nonstop from dusk till dawn to like get these right. videos out, and then that goes into it, and then you see him like put his heart and soul to something, and there's just this one a hole who just shits on him. It's right, just, and, and, and that comes with anything, but uh, it just, there's just so much more work involved in that, and it, and it could be that one little or whoever that that really gets under your skin. It it, it happens. Um, depending if you have the personality. Yeah. I don't have that personality welcome, welcome for... Welcome to the internet. Yeah. I don't have that, like, hey, guys, it's me. Like, I, it's not me. Um, which I'm... You know, very, it, it... <laughs> I'm forward about. I have to be, because if somebody ever expected of me, I'd be like, that's not going to work out for either of us. Yeah, see, no, I, I appreciate that transparency, too, because I'm, I'm kind of the same way, and that's probably one of the reasons why I do, you know, Instagram is kind of my domain, and then I do very few videos to that. I mean, I could certainly do this, and it would be easier just to do a podcast and just babble on about all of my thoughts instead of typing out this big narrative that I do. Like, when I've done these sponsor um, sponsor chats on my Instagram stories where I type this stuff out, and it's like, yeah. you know, I did a video the other day kind of talking about... Um, what did I make that video about? It was like 10 minutes of me. I did like an IGTV of talking about, uh, oh, white tires are hard to find right now. And so I, it was like, let oh, yeah, us wait too much type. Um, you know, and it's like, okay, well, there, there's one thing. Um, you know, but, but to get in front of the camera, I just, I don't know. That's, that's not my not my vibe. I'm, a, I'm organically a very nat- you know, outgoing person, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for that. I've got a six-year-old. He's, uh, he's big into gaming right now, so he's got a bunch of YouTubers, um, YouTube gamers that he follows, and you know he's he he you know wears their merch and all this stuff, and he's big into these guys. And I heard one of these guys, one of these YouTube YouTube gamers, talking about you know he's got you know twenty million followers, and he's got a team of thirty people that thirty, and this this guy's like 26, 27 years old. He's got a team of thirty people that 
do all of his content for him. So you know he's he's sitting there, you know, doing the live what effectively like live stream gaming, mm-hmm. and then he's editing all this stuff. Thirty people. I mean, it's it's a he's a he's a business. He's a brand. Yeah. Um, so at at a much more micro level, I mean, even if you think about like Adam LZ, he's got over a million, you know, over a million followers, and and it's like. You know, it, it's still just as busy, but it's probably even worse because you know how much more trash talking is going on in drifting versus gaming. I don't know. It's probably pretty equal. We won't but, even get into the drift, <laughs> the drift trash yeah. talk. Yeah, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, it, it's an extensive time. You know, think about like how much time it takes to build and work on a car, do all this stuff, and then do the content. And like filming the video is easy. It's like you know, I talked to Fielding Shredder about this. It's like you know, filming the video is easy. It's like. All that back-end editing, and then you have to throw a graphic up, and you have to do this. And, you know, there's software out there, but it's it's super time-consuming That's what I to figured. do that. Yeah. Yeah. This super thing, I record this. To make it look good. Yeah. For this thing, between you and I, I, I can't really do much with the audio. I mean, I could if I really wanted to get into it. Sure. But I record this. After this, I make a small little intro, and I hit export. That's it. And then I upload it to the... Uh, the internet and it does its thing. Like it's uh, it's pretty minimalist when it comes to podcasting, but I don't have the time yeah. for the YouTube stuff. Like I have a full time job, and I don't have the full time job in the sense of like I work forty hours a week. Like I wish I worked forty hours a week. Right. Well, and, and you know, but the other thing too with that is you know, like you okay, so like podcasts, so like you know, I'm I'm on the road in sales. I mean, twenty twenty yeah. aside, but you know, like listen, you know, when I when I drive, I had a customer. I got a three hour drive each way I went to go visit uh, last week. And, you know, so three hours is like, look, you know, I've got different, yeah. you know, professional and business ones. That's my drive time. So if I do that, but, like, I, I have time to listen to a one-hour, you know, 15, 30 podcast, I don't have time to watch a 30, 45-minute YouTube video. I don't. Yes. I mean, pe- people do. But how many people, I, I would love to know metrics of somebody that's doing that where you have, you know, the, the, the average YouTube video that I'm doing is 21 minutes of talking about my build. It's like, are people sitting there watching it for 21 minutes? Because I don't have the time to do that. I mean, I could listen to, I could listen to you talk about it in a podcast. You know format. when I watch a 21-minute YouTube video is when something is broken and I don't know how to fix it. And I'm, not, <laughs> and I'm too cheap to pay somebody else to fix it. Just do a detailing videos. Whatever you know, it like is, you, yeah. Exactly. I need to know how to fix my garage door opener. That's, yeah. that's when I watch a 20-minute video. <laughs> And I'll even skip yeah. through that because, like, the first five minutes is just bullshitting. I don't want to hear them talk about their life. Like, I just want to know. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think a lot of a lot of the guys that I see that are doing, like, these YouTube things, like, even, like, tire videos, like, tire reviews. I love watching tire review videos from, like, you know, um, kind of, quote-unquote, amateurs. I mean, it's not some professional polished thing, but guys are – Yeah. I, I like I like guys that are like, hey, I drove these, I drove this, and I've been using this, and here's what I'm doing. And, you know, it's it's a 14-minute video. I mean, dude, you know, I think you get more you get more reviews in like a you know three to four minute video than you would in fifteen. I mean, there's a time and a place, but man, I don't, I don't know. Podcasts I'll listen to all day long. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I prefer the podcast. I've actually been listening to another podcast recently, but that's about like alien stuff. I'm like, I love that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I cannot get enough yeah. of it. I feel like somebody's asking me too. Like, do you do you felt like I think the last one I got hooked on a uh, there's like a true crime local angle, like a, an infamous local story, and I was like kind of sucked me into it. And I think I, I consumed that thing like twelve episodes in like a matter of days, just long episodes. It was like twelve hours of content, but I was like, oh god, this you know, 
That's it's, how I got sucked so, in. That's how that's how it happens. It is. It's true. Did we did we check everything off on your list? Nope, we got one more, but since we're on the oh. podcast. So there's the one I started <laughs> listening to is called Necronomipod. I don't know. They're super fucking funny though. And uh just because of the way they talk. Mm-hmm. But they do true crime, they do ghost stories, they do um, alien stuff. That's what kind of drew me in. Um, That's cool. It's, I can't even remember the damn names of the episode I listened to. Anyways, anything alien related, I'll, I decided to dig into. Uh, Very nice. So. But uh last thing I actually got on the list is Driver Image. Image, yes. This is that's brand. That is brand, brand new. That's it is today, brand new. That's today yes. announced, brand new. But you made a Instagram a while ago, so it's uh, been in the right, or just an no, idea. Well, the the idea is well. The the idea is brand. Don't let's see. I, I think what did I do? Um, I. I it, it was like a static account. I think I had like one other post on it that I just reserved. It actually wasn't even that. Driver image isn't even the name. It's it was um, it was something else, just a, a random like detached thing. And uh, sitting there last night, I'm working on some other uh, side hustle ideas, and I scribbled something down on the back of an envelope on my desk, and I I literally wrote the words driver image, and it like it took on a life of its own. I'm like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I've kind of been kicking around like four or five different ideas in my head for months and like okay i uh, now i have the format uh i put together the put together a very basic logo in um about another minute and a half after that and then changed the instagram handle i saw that it was not i saw it was available and i'm like this is it and then today i put together a bunch of other stuff that other back end back end things that i've been working on to kind of tile that together so Mm -hmm. yeah um so driver image is two things. Number one, driver image is going to be more kind of the uh, non-length book that I plan on writing um, conversations, doing like some coaching and some mentoring type stuff that I want to put together um, and just kind of basically take driver image and basically uh, Kenda Racing as the Instagram account is going to be still the Kenda, the Kenda Racing. Does all this person like the sponsor? Like we talked, like the sponsor talk. Some of the other more stuff that's off the tangent, away from tires, but still kind of interesting. Um, you know, one of my side passions is I, I love working with guys, you know, and girls, uh, you know, men and women in this community. Uh, you know, because the drift, the drift scene is really endearing to me because it's it's very family, enough family. It's it, it, it is a family. I guess you insert your uh, random, you know, Dom Trump family quote here. No, um, my Thanksgiving. So. Because everybody's been drinking all day and yeah, can't stand exactly. to deal, good, deal with each other. Yeah, a yeah, real that's, family. That's good. <laughs> like every like everybody. That's exactly. No reason. Oh yeah. This, this, yeah. And in <laughs> California, if, if you're not even allowed to have more than four people uh, to uh, to a residence, please nobody give. So um, yeah. So basically, where I kind of see driver image is, I want to kind of take some of that stuff where it is a little bit more like I think of it as like you know kind of Ed after hours exactly like what we're doing here. Uh, I don't know if like a podcast is really like in, in the cards for that, but kind of some of the more um, you know, the more personal branding, personal marketing, 
you know, basically the image, your, your image as a driver, not like your, not your driver technique, but more how, you know, people, I, there's a lot of questions, a lot of DMs that I get where people are like, hey, how do I do this? Or, hey, man, I would love to do this. Or, hey, I don't really bring anything to the table. Um, case in point, I had one guy ask about sponsor, like on the sponsorship application. And it was like, hey, you know, you ask something at the end of it about, um, you know, is there anything else that you can offer? And he's like, man, I don't really have anything to offer. And I said, well, I said, look, let me, let me give you one quick example. Maybe you do and you're not thinking of it the right way. And we're going back and forth. And uh, I said, look, you know, do you, do you have any, do you have anybody, a friend who does, you know, who, who does video content for you? Do you have a buddy who, you know, is it, you know, does, you know, does drone media? Yeah, actually I do. There you go. I said, you know, do you have somebody that goes, that goes to the events that could, you know, capture some content that could highlight something for the brand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my buddy, you know, so-and-so. And would he be willing to work with you on that? Well, yeah, totally. I mean, we're, we're best friends. He, you know, totally put together, you know, a short, you know, three-minute video for me or, you know, do some content for it. I'm like, what are, that's, that's value. kind of that outside-the-box. Yeah, that's outside-the-box thinking. And it's value. It's like, you know, it doesn't, it's low cost to you. But, you know, what's, what's it going to set you apart from somebody else of that, you know? And then, like, we all have friends, you know? It's like you have friends with talents and, as you know, graphic design. Maybe you have somebody who, you know, there's all these different, all these different things. And so, like, I want to use draw those thoughts. So there's two way, there's two, two components to that. And I, I, the one is a very, you know, Instagram account. So uh, on Instagram, please go over and follow. And um, it's a private account, way, in fact, just because I wanted to have, um, you know, among friends. So that's kind of going to be the one. Uh, I started a text club today um, that is exclusive to the other component driver image. And so is what I'm going to do like a, is... Is that just like a chat? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like an extra it, lit group even... chat? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, well, I'm not going to not gonna have, you know, 450 people on a that's group chat. That's what I was going to ask I mean, you, too. Like, oh, how God, does that no, work? Because no, then it's going to no. be everybody's meme dump. Oh, but what it is is if if you text me, uh, you know, to, and I'll I'll throw the number out here in just a second. But what I've got is, you know, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving you my number, um, I'm giving you my number, and you can basically kind of uh, finger quotes. You can kind of opt in, say, okay, hey, you know, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Um, what I do is I send you a quick little text, like, hey, there's a link. Shoot me your contact info. It'll add you into my address book, and you know, like once or twice a week, nothing crazy. You'll get a text from me, and we're going to talk about some of this stuff. And it's, but literally it's, it's one-on-one. It's not a big, you know, 20 person group chat. It's going to be like, I'm coming at you with a thought coming at you. It's worth what you're paying for it, which is nothing. But, you know, a lot of people see value in what I, what I have to say. And it's like, just to kind of get you motivational maybe, or in, you know, I hate to use the term inspirational, but maybe it's like four minutes. Cool. And we can have like a little one-on-one dial workplace. That's just more going to be focused on, you know, if you're interested in this, if you're interested on, you know a little bit better a little better look and feel then you know then go ahead and text me um that number actually so if you it's on my it's on the instagram number is uh 317-563-8392 and you basically and again it's it's on there as well i've got a link tree on it just tap that and you can text me and and uh, opt into it and so doing one of those two ways and, you know, kind of down the road, I, I want to try to open that up. And, and for people that are interested in kind of taking that next step and want some of those insights and maybe do poss- uh, two other avenues is either going to be like doing like an online, like a webinar based uh, coaching and mentoring program. That'll be next year after I get the book done first. Okay. 
Do you have like a projected completion date? For which part? The book. You said uh, so. We'll, we'll start with that. Winter, yeah. winter, winter time. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so let's go at April, because we all we all yeah. know how life works. <laughs> it, it's yeah, forever goes. You know it. It'll never go as planned. So. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I, I think I think you know again you know I, I, a, a good book length is you know somewhere you know 180 200 pages for for this kind of a topic maybe 100 you know, 150 to 200 for that so you know it's basically a matter of how long is it going to take to write a write another 130 pages and call it good yeah so and have a couple beers while doing that so. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, um, you know what? Yeah, Sometimes that's how you kind of like get indulged into something, and then you got it. But you do have to proofread it after because you're like, "Crap, I started babbling." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and for a book, like I, I've got a neighbor who, um, I've got a neighbor, and she actually works with a publishing company about it, and that that's kind of how that went. Where it's like. Uh, Hey, you know, like, what's involved with doing this? And she's like, oh, you know, that. She's like, oh my gosh. She's like, you know, the the topic that that uh, her her company works within is a fairly niche uh, industry. That and it's like, hey, look, you know, there's yeah, but it, it, it's it's a full time job. You know, I mean, there's I there's a lot of books out there. It's you know a lot of how to books about that stuff. And so a lot of the the editing stuff is really what truly takes the longest. And you know, you have to kind of take like as your thoughts kind of come to you. But then it really kind of becomes how do you make a flow it's probably a lot like music i don't know anything about music producing but you know you have to figure there's a there's a flow of of an album right that you have to kind of follow and get you know those songs are those songs are slotted into that order for, for a reason, reason. Yeah. I, okay yeah. that makes sense and it, so i have to assume like you know when you read a book you know some or like even audible choppy but generally they flow pretty well and hey chapter one really needs to be chapter eight or chapter 13 needs to be chapter four you know and then you can kind of make a flow and that's that's outside of my domain but get you know a, a book underneath it and i think there's enough topic here that people can benefit from so we'll see we'll see okay